Hey everybody and welcome to week 13 of 52 Weeks of Empowerment. I am Andrea Pagnosi, your host, and I am also a career empowerment coach. And I'm fiercely dedicated to getting everybody where they're realizing their true career potential in 2022. And I gotta tell you, there are millions of coaches out there. There are thousands of career coaches and there are hundreds of career empowerment coaches, but there is only one me. And I don't say that because I'm trying to say better than all the rest. No, that's not at all what I'm saying. I specifically, however, excel at helping clients with the pivot in their career. And that's my area of specialty. We all have something very unique to offer our clients. And for me, it's helping those clients who want to move from one career to the next seamlessly. And it's not an easy road. It really is not. And it's never a smooth ride. I help people when they're coming out of college. I help people who have been in the same career for 30 plus years, and they're looking to do what they've always wanted to do, which has come up quite a bit in 2020 and 2021 as people have been experiencing the pandemic and are realizing it is too short and it's time to realize their true career potential. And others that are looking to wind down their career but don't necessarily want to fully retire. I've been helping a lot of those clients as well. So really, it's about helping people who've maybe even pigeonholed themselves to believing they're just meant to do one thing, help them shift their mindset and pour their energy into being in a much better place for them. Today, we're going to talk about how to master the pivot in your career. For those of you that are contemplating it, I'm going to share with you two case studies of coaching clients of mine who agreed to let me speak to their stories. A student, I call her the student, she was about three years postgraduate studies, and the teacher. And he is a gentleman who was 30 plus years as an engineer in a Fortune 150 company. And he wanted to become a vocational technical high school teacher because he wanted to pay forward to a time that he got into engineering and always wanted to be a teacher and was very influenced by one of his teachers who had just recently passed. And he felt like that was a good testament to his memory and his legacy. I first want to talk about a television show that I was a big fan of. I don't know if many of you watch TV, but I was a big fan of the show Friends. In a nutshell, if you've never seen it, I'd be surprised if you haven't, but about six friends who live in New York City. And in one particular episode, three of the lead characters, Ross, Rachel, and Chandler, are trying to move this very unwieldy, oversized couch up the back stairwell of their apartment building. It's clearly not fitting. And they're having a heck of a time getting it up the stairs. And Ross, one of the characters, starts screaming the word pivot, but it just gets so hysterical because he doesn't say it like that. He screams pivot pivot. And I just love comedies where they break character. Saturday Night Live, they do it all the time. And you just see how much fun they have together working. And I think of that as a career coach is a really empowering interface when people really love doing what they do and they love working with the people they work with, they can laugh about those things. When I think of Pivot, I think of that, that particular episode, that particular scene, because very often I feel like with my clients, I'm doing that. I'm screaming Pivot, Pivot. And I really am so impressed by these two particular clients we're going to talk about today, because when they first came to me, they were really being held back by a lot of internal concerns. And in the coaching world, we call them gales. 
G-A-I-L, Gales. And that also makes me laugh a little bit because my sister, who's also a coach, her name is Gail, but she's anything but negative. She's, she's awesome. But Gales are an acronym for the four classic things that hold human beings back. And they're all self-inflicted. Some of them are learned behaviors and some of them are behaviors we pick up over time. The G in Gales stands for that little gremlin, that little thing that's whispering in your ears. You can't, you won't, you shouldn't, don't do it. You're only going to fail. Why are you even thinking about it? That's so stupid. You know you can't do that. We all have that little voice, that little gremlin on our shoulder that's telling us, forget it. This can't happen. The A is when we make assumptions about things. And you know the old adage, don't make an ass out of you or me, which is the word assume broken down. But it's true. We tend to not even asking questions to get to the bottom of things, oftentimes hold ourselves back by just assuming we know that it can't be. It's not meant to be. There's no way to do it. Can't be done. Similar to assumptions, there are what are called interpretations. Definitely in a virtual world where we're reliant upon the written word, emails and text messages, those can easily be misinterpreted. But also in as we start to migrate back to an office setting, can also have misinterpretations of just the way that things are supposed to be just by observing and just like with assumptions not seeking to understand not asking the hard questions to clarify is what i think true is what i'm seeing the only way this can happen finally the l in gales are limiting beliefs beliefs that we have either been ingratiated upon us by people we were brought up by, not necessarily our parents, but it could be the parents, the community, our friends, anybody in our tribe, our social tribe, if you will, who tell us you can't, you won't, you shouldn't, you don't. So it's not the gremlin, it's actual people that are like, don't get your hopes up, you know what happens. You always do this, you go off on a tangent, never comes out well, don't do it. So for whatever these four gales, however they showed up, and we will talk about how they showed up at different times for my two clients, it's important to note that they can be overcome. And that's a big thing for coaches is to help you unblock whatever it is that's holding you back. In the case of the television show Friends, it was steel girders in a very oversized couch. You can't move those things very easily. But there had to have been another way to get that couch up the stairs. With regard to my clients, as a coach, I have to help them maneuver themselves around these obstacles they've built, probably for themselves. And that is where we find my two clients. Let's talk a little bit about their situations. The student was 26 years old when I met her. Her mother had been a client of mine previously. And I can remember she was about 15, 16 years old when I was working with her mother. And I remember her mother telling me so proudly about her that she had one son science competition. She was an athlete. She was going to Bryn Mawr on a scholarship, excellent school and that she was very steadfast in her resolve that she wanted to become a laboratory scientist. And she was gonna go straight through to get her master's. Here we sit six years later, six or seven years later, and she was in a lab setting, but after a year of really over the top results and just showing a great deal of leadership capability, her manager decided to reward her with a promotion. She had a great deal of imposter syndrome, but more than anything, she was being taken out of the lab itself and being a laboratory 
operations manager where she managed the people doing the experiments. She was no longer one of them. She was in charge of the administrative oversight of the laboratory, no longer one of the people conducting the experiments. So really this was nothing like what she wanted to do all of her life. And she was thrust into this believing, I guess this is what you're supposed to do. And she didn't want to let anybody down, but she was clearly very unhappy. She had lost a great deal of weight. She looked like she hadn't slept in months. Her mother was deeply, deeply concerned. She asked if I could help coach her, and that's how she entered my life. The teacher, on the other hand, was an engineer who had been 30 plus years with a Fortune 150 company. He had worked there since he was out of college, and he had a peer who was a former client of mine who recommended me to him. He was an empty nester. His daughter had just graduated college, and his son was just leaving the home to go to his freshman year in college. His wife had two years before gotten her real estate license, and she was really successful. They were in a happy marriage, but he was absolutely miserable at work. One of his mentors who had taught him at a very early age to love the field of engineering had passed away. And it was a time in his life where he was just saying, I'm 50 plus years old. I'm not living a fulfilling life beyond everything I have to be thankful for. I just got a promotion at work, but it's not fulfilling to me. I have always wanted to be a teacher. I want to be a teacher. I'm foolish to think that I can do that at 54 years old. It's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous but he assumed it was. And so when his friend started to hear about how unhappy he was, he said, well, I know of somebody who might be able to help. It sounds like a career situation. So that's where we find these two clients. And what we're gonna talk about are the four key steps to helping people master the pivot in their career, whether it's up and out or it's back and away. The first step in the process of pivoting in your career to something different is to adopt an agile mindset. Now, this is much more than just keeping an open mind. People who are comfortable don't progress well. They stay sedentary because it's just easier. It takes too much effort, no matter how unhappy they are, no matter how unfulfilled they are. The commotion it causes to change their lives disrupts everything around them and they know that so they don't do it and this is where the gales start to appear they start to hold you back they make you question your sanity your equity they assume you aren't qualified they interpret things in a certain way that perhaps aren't that way at all and for the student it was manifesting itself in assumption she saw people only moving up and out of the career in the lab. People were moving on to other companies in promoted positions. People were taking promotions from within, but she never saw people moving back in their career. They never stayed in the lab. It was always up or out. So she felt that by getting this promotion, it was the only way she could move on. She couldn't go back because that was a sign of failure or ineptness, or laziness, or something. So she held herself back because she didn't ask the right questions. If you have an agile mindset, you seek to understand things. You ask provocative questions. You ask disruptive questions. You push the envelope to get to the answers you need to be okay with something. She just rolled over and accepted whatever she was given, which was a promotion, and she was proud of it but she was absolutely miserable in the role. For my teacher, 
it was the gremlin on his shoulder telling him, stay where you are. You have a kid in college. You have a, a wedding to pay for with your daughter in a couple of years. Do the right thing. Your wife is, she's living her best life. She's very successful. You need to keep this career. You need to support her right now and let her have her moment in the sun. How dare you go after your dreams? Whatever he was hearing in his head, he was justified in his heart. In order to have an agile mindset for him, it meant confronting what held him back or at least addressing these things by sharing with your loved ones, hey, is it silly for me to be thinking about becoming a teacher? Maybe it isn't. If they love you, if they want you to be happy, maybe it's time for you to start having people ask you provocative questions. Think differently about your future and what really you can accomplish. Adopting an agile mindset is the first step. And it's one of the hardest steps a coach gets people to make is that first step because it takes them out of their comfort zone. It takes them to a place where they have to question that maybe what they're assuming, what they're interpreting, what the voice in their head is telling them, which they confuse to be their gut instinct, it's not, is telling them one thing that may not be perceivably the truth. It's what's keeping you comfortable. So adopting that agile mindset. In doing that, it has to open up a portal for you to explore what you uncovered. Once you take the step to ask the questions and seek to understand, is there another thing for me out there? Is there another way in my career for me to be happy? Then need to be opportunity focused. Realizing it's going to take time and energy, but in order to shift the negative energy to positive, you need to look at it as an opportunity. The teacher adopted a group of people by expanding his network to this amazing group of people at his community college where he started to look into getting a teaching certification. And there were people from all walks of life, all industries, all professions, all of them 50 plus years old. He was probably one of the younger ones. And many were coming out of retirement, not because they had to, but because they were bored. They didn't know, this was pre-pandemic, they didn't know what to do with their time. And many of them didn't want to go back to doing what they did for a living. They looked at it as an opportunity to do what they'd always wanted to do. So he was able to make inroads with people who were going through the same life cycle that he was. And he was able to get through it with peers. He opened up his mindset to opportunity. And instead of saying, hey, I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, I don't. He took the opportunity to do the things he needed to do because he was able to see it as an opportunity that wasn't so far out in left field because others around him were doing the same. And I remember the conversation we had where he'd always thought he was going to work in a vocational technical high school. And one of the things that held him back from making the sleep was the inability to pay bills comfortably and not wanting to depend on his wife and her new job. And he said, it never occurred to me to consider teaching at a college level. I didn't think it was possible. I'm older. It's going to take me a couple of years to get the teaching certificate. And I thought you had to be tenured to be a professor. And the reality is most of his professors at the community college weren't tenured professors. In fact, they had been professionals like him who wanted to pay it forward. So he opened up an entirely different focus of teaching to enable him to get to doing what he really wanted to do. When you weigh your needs and your wants up front, somewhere in between the two lies your passion. The most important pivot in the process is shifting your purpose to passion. Purpose 
void of passion is just a myth that you can do that happily. Passion is a driver of action. Quite frankly, there's more than one pathway to get there. And he wasn't seeing it because it wasn't an opportunity-focused mindset that he was operating with. The second he opened up his mind to be agile and see things differently was the moment he opened it up to opportunity. He didn't pigeonhole himself. And what he did in the process is the third step. And for him, it was very authentic. For my student client, it wasn't that way. We'll talk about her in a moment. It's finding your anchors. Anchors are really important to a boat because when you drop anchor, you're doing it so that your boat doesn't float away. If you drop your anchor in a soft lagoon, you're gonna lose your ship. If you aren't anchored well in your career with people who surrounded you, who can really put you in a nice foundation and make sure you don't float away, you're gonna lose your ship. What's true metaphorically is true literally. I spoke about this in episode two or three, where you need to have people in your corner who can help ground you. That is really important. But the other thing that anchors are used for is if a ship is stuck in a port somewhere and they can't navigate around other things, another boat can come and help them sort of navigate around those other obstacles. And that is what was missing in that Friends episode. You can't move a steel girder to get that unwieldy couch up. As a coach, I can help act as an anchor to get people through that port safely and around the obstacles that might be in their way. But you have to have people in your career that can help you do that too, in the form of mentors, in the form of advocates, in the form of references, and people who would give a thumbs up to someone who's interviewing you for a job. For my student client, it came in the form of her mother. Now, we all know our moms advocate for us. This was a little bit different, and it wasn't just that she identified that her daughter wasn't happy, and she came to her former coach and said, can you help my daughter? But it was when I talked to her, and she was like, something's wrong, and it has to do with her career, and she won't talk to me about it. And I said to her, well, she just got this promotion. I know she always wanted to be in science, but did anybody ever ask her, does she want to be a manager? And she said, you know, you're on to something because she knew she wanted to be in a lab environment, in a scientific field, but she never said she wanted to manage people in that environment. And that was the pinnacle point. And the second she had this conversation with me, she went to her daughter to recommend me to her. And she said, is it possible that this is what's so upsetting to you. She said, bingo, this is exactly why I'm upset. And now I don't know what to do. What ended up happening for her in our conversations together was understanding that an anchor can also be in the form of a coach. It's defined as someone who helps you avoid the tendency to stray from your goals, help root you when you need it, and can help pull you along. Lean on people, not just for connections, but for directions. And we don't do that. We as human beings don't do that well. We all think we know better than what the GPS is saying. How many times have you used a GPS to get to a location? You're like, ah, there's a shortcut here. I'm going to take this. The GPS doesn't know what they're talking about. And then you take the shortcut and you end up in traffic or dead end or something like that, realizing I should have listened to the GPS. Anchors help you avoid that. Look at coaching like a GPS. They get you from point A to point B. We can be your anchors too, but you got to find those anchors and you've got to tap into them. For my teacher client, it was the network that he was starting to build at the community college and around him, having conversations with 
his family and say, do you think this is a crazy idea? And they said, no, you'd be a great teacher. Have at it. Let's do it. We want to see you happy. This is where it comes to the fourth point. When you find your anchors, you have to redefine yourself for them and for those around you. I know I sound like a broken record week after week after week when I bring this up, but your narrative is so important. It's critical. If a hiring manager cannot connect the dots from where you currently are in your career to where you would rather be with them, you need to leave breadcrumbs for them by redefining yourself. Your narrative has to do that. Logic and clarity win here. We talked about this with Steve Woodruff a couple of weeks ago. Without a clear picture of transferable skills, talent, and experience in what you currently do, some people can't make the connections to what you would rather be doing. You have to do it for them. And this is a critical element that I work on with my clients week after week after week is redefining themselves. And sometimes it's about them believing what their narrative is. For the student, it was convincing people at her place of business who had promoted her that this wasn't the right decision. And it's not a step back for me to go back to the lab. It's just where I prefer to be and I do it very well. It impressed me, and I, I should mention this, that it never occurred to the student to be embarrassed by taking this step as a step back or that there might be a stigma attached to it that she failed. That never never came across. I think people further in their careers might have believed that, but she was two, three years into her career. She didn't even bat an eyelash. It didn't come from embarrassment. What it came from is she thought, she assumed this was the only way to be. She'd only seen people move up or out. So until she had conversations with her anchors, she looked at it as an opportunity-focused conversation and went into it with an agile mindset. It was a discussion of, listen, I didn't fail. I tried it and I learned that management isn't for me. Maybe I can mentor and onboard people if you see a leader in me, but that's down the line. I want to be an active contributor to science and you took me out of my element. Can I go back? And that became her narrative. For client two, who was the teacher, it was making the leap from engineer to teacher of engineers, which doesn't sound like a great big leap, but when you've never been a teacher or even a manager of people before, and he hadn't, that is a big leap for some people. But his narrative became, listen, I'm about to wind down my career. I don't want to retire. I want to inspire. I had a great mentor. He just passed away. And I think a good way to get back is for me to go into the teaching profession and teach as he taught me. That's a great narrative. And both of them used anchors to also spread that narrative. For the student, it was her own mentor in the lab who argued on her behalf. We were premature. She isn't ready for leadership. This isn't where she belongs. She thrives in the lab setting. Let's put her back in the lab. Okay, we'll position it that there is a significant study that she needs to be working on. Somebody of her expertise needs to be working on. So they helped the entire organization ease back into seeing her in a lab setting. For my second client, the teacher, it was his peer group who helped him get the teacher certification and eventually helped him land a job at the very local university, the local community college rather, that he went to to get his teaching certification and he got a job there. See, you don't just lean on your network for connectivity. You lean on them to be your billboard and your advocate. And you do so by redefining yourself. Remember what I said earlier about between purpose and passion lies what you should be doing. I have a ton of people in my life who would rather be golfing for a living. They would rather be doing anything other than what they do, but they really, I don't know if doing your hobby 
85% of your waking hours is really what people want to do for a living. It's finding the concentricities between what you do well and what you really enjoy doing. That's where the passion meets the purpose. So again, it comes down to four basic steps that aren't so very basic to do on your own, but they're things that if you're thinking of pivoting your career, you cannot do one without the other, and you won't be able to do any of it without confronting the things that are holding you back. So adopt an agile mindset, learn to be opportunity focused, find the anchors that can help you to better get to where you would want to be in your career. And in so doing, redefine yourself. You're never too old for that. It's never too late to be seen as something other than what you're doing today. And coaches can help. Absolutely. I hope you've learned a little bit about the pivot We'll be bringing some other clients to the table in weeks to come, as well as other coaches who also take a look at pivoting in one's career. I'm not the only one out there that does this. I know there's a lot of people that have been listening to our show and saying, you know, why do you have coaches out there? Isn't that competition? As I said at the start of this program, there are millions of us out here and each of us is not as strong as all of us together. So it is a very formative group of anchors to help people get to where they want to be in their career. I hope it's been informative. That's all we have for this week. We'll catch up with you next week, same time, same place, more power.